0: Welcome back. That's some Alice and Chains. That's like one of my favorite. Actually, I think that is my favorite. Like what would be considered hard rock band. I I just love. It's kind of a strange name to Alice and Chains. Yeah, I don't. Your mic not working there? Apparently, there no, you are. Is. There you back. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know, and that's called "Man in a Box." Man in okay. the box.
1: See, I never listened to that growing up. I was more of a Motown kind of guy. Yeah, I like that
0: too. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's funny. I listened to I listened to the classic hard rock more now than I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. That's strange. I, I like it better now. It's I like, know. It's strange. amazing
1: how you just adapt. Your, your, right? your tastes
0: change. They, they do. They anyway, do. everybody, welcome back to KDAZ, Albuquerque's Conservative Talk, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Listen anywhere on conservativetalkabq.com. And I am sitting here with Ant Thornton, the candidate for lieutenant governor. And we've been having a fantastic conversation today with uh, him and his and his wife, Glenna. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about, I I talked about before the break, I talked about the VCI, the vaccination credential initiative. You need to keep an eye on that because that's going to be the next form of tyranny that they're going to want to bring down on us. Trust, Trust me, they are working on that really, really hard behind the scenes. They've got all these distractions going on with the war in Ukraine. And um, COVID has apparently gone away. <laughs> For apparently, the time being. all you have to do is start a war, and then COVID goes away. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, so and you are very familiar with digital currency, and one thing I mentioned about the VCI thing, and I also talked about how the government is pushing this concept of a government digital dollar, which I did my own research on this on digital currency. The digital dollar idea that the governments are talking about and i canada's well underway with pushing mm-hmm. this I, I mean canada's like gone all out tyranny but is very very different than the thing like you hear about with bitcoin which is one of the better well well known digital currencies that are out there right now the difference is is that the digital dollar that the government is talking about would be centralized which means that basically the government would have control over everything you do financially. And we're already talking about the IRS tracking all of your transactions. Yeah,
1: that's the whole difference between, and I think people are gonna be assuming that it's the same as the other cryptocurrencies, like we talked about Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, you know, Litecoin, those kinds of things. All of those are based on what's called distributed ledger technology. There is no central authority. Um, This allows peer-to-peer transactions to occur. I can send money to you uh, without having to go through any kind of central bank or anything like that to to send you funds. And that's the beauty of the cryptocurrency uh, revolution that's been happening over the last uh, 10 years or so. Um, Now that it's happening and it's occurring um, more freely, the governments across the, uh, the world are looking into this and they're saying, hmm. This seems to be a real good way to, to do transactions easily, and you can track those transactions. Why don't we make our own currencies digital as well? The only problem with this is that it's going to be centralized, and now they can track every transaction. It would be put on a ledger, but that would be a centralized ledger, and they can track every transaction you will ever do for the rest of your life. And the bad thing is because it's centralized, they can also prevent you from buying something if they don't want you to buy something. So they could basically stop all of your currency transactions and prevent you from purchasing anything that you might want to purchase.
0: Well and not only do they know every cent you spend and where you spend it, but they know where you are at all times. That's correct. Because every time you do a transaction it's like swiping your credit card. It it gets recorded and they know where that terminal is. So this would be a way for them to keep track, track of, you. of you every movement exactly. where you go.
1: So we do not want digital currency from the uh, from a central bank or from a from the a country. That's something we do not want. Uh, th- this is why cryptocurrency was created in the first place, because they recognized that uh, um, the current monetary system was failing. And and Bitcoin basically says, we're not going to produce, you know, money freely. And now we're starting to see the impacts of that with the inflation. In fact, I just heard just yesterday that the inflation rate right now in, in February was 7.9%, almost 8%. So that's huge. And, yeah. And, and And that hasn't been that high probably since the um, what jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, Carter days. Jimmy. So we're starting to get into these areas when it, and and when inflation starts hitting double digits, it's really it's already starting to impact people's lives who are on fixed incomes, but it's going to be even more so uh, as this happens as as, it, as this inflation rate increases. And I see nothing in the Biden administration that is is doing anything to stop it. Uh, they still no, it's want it like th- it's
0: intentional. Right. And, and I still, think it is.
1: I think it is too. I do
0: too.
1: Yeah. Because eventually if no one can afford to live on their own, guess what? They're going to be dependent on the government, which is exactly what they want, where they want you. One way or another, they're going to control all of your resources and control what you can and can't do. And they're trying to do it through all these different means. So we need to be aware of what's happening, what the big agenda is and understand um, we got to start putting people in, in these positions to, to turn this around and to fight against it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's that's what I see what's happening right now.
0: So you do not want a government digital dollar? No. You don't want that? No, you do not. Because right now we have the option, at least in most places, to use cash if we want to. And I've got a lot of friends that are highly paranoid and actually I I can't blame them for being that way, where they use cash all the time everywhere Mm -hmm. because they don't want to be tracked. They don't want const, constantly the government to know where they are and what they're doing.
1: I wish I could pay cash for everything. but you know, I, I wish used, I could, too. <laughs> but it's, I pay most of the things a credit card, and then I pay it yeah, at the end it's, of the month. It's, it's, it's just it's, so convenient. I know. And, and, and that, I don't want to be walking around with, you know, right. three $400 in
0: my wallet. So. And that's the trap we all fall into right. is the convenience thing. Right. It's like we we think things are convenient. And that's how they usually sell these things. It's like, oh, but it's convenient. Mm -hmm. So you do it and, and a lot of people don't think about the consequences of it. But you're right, it's like, if you use a credit card or debit card, they know where you are when you right. use that card.
1: And, you know, if they, for whatever reason they wanted to, they could cut off that card any time. They, they could, could, you know, they could say, oh, you can't use that card anymore. That transaction is no valid. All yeah. of a sudden you can't buy it's anything.
0: It's like, well, no, I don't want to get that vax. I don't want to, I don't want to comply with this or that, whatever mandate that you're doing next. Oh, well, fine, we're going to cut you off.
1: Right. I think the difference between conservatives and progressives is that we don't see the government as a, uh, positive thing. We think more government is not necessarily a good thing. Whereas progressives tend to believe that more government is what everybody needs and wants and should have. Yeah. And so that's where the big battle is. We just have a different view of the world when it comes to government oversight. I
0: don't even know how you find middle ground there.
1: I don't either. Uh, I'm struggling with that too, because uh, obviously, we're not for no government because we believe in limited government. Right. I mean, government has certain key roles that are important, like, you know, building roads and mm-hmm. things of that nature, Inf- infrastructure, uh, community safety and Protection. things of that sort. Right. Yeah, yeah, police officers, the law yeah. enforcement, those kinds of things. There are certain things that we want government to do.
0: You want want somebody to show up if your house is burning down and exactly. hopefully put out the fire. Exactly,
1: so health and safety, yeah, some of that, yes. But uh, but we do not want government intruding in all other aspects of our lives. And that's where we're, the difference is between what progressives are trying to do and where conservatives lay. So it's a big, it's a big issue. And I, I've been struggling with where is the middle ground, if there is the middle ground. I don't know. I don't think there is because I've I've always used the analogy If someone gave you a a bag of M&Ms and they said, there's a hundred M&Ms in here and only two of them are poison. Are you going to eat that bag?
0: I think a lot of people would. You think so? Well, they're doing it now with the Vax.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is, yeah. if you know there's two
0: poisonous that could kill you in this in bag yeah, of Yeah, but there's so and many M&Ms that, and they're so tasty. Exactly. And, <laughs> and there's this big, huge jar of them and there's thousands of them in there. And it's No, like, I said 100. Oh, 100 of them. Yeah. Well, 100 said of them, well, I 100 I and two like, are bad. Two are Yeah, you two might have poisonous. to think a little bit about that yeah, one. But yeah, but you say, well,
1: yeah, oh, sure. oh, it's, it's, only, it's only a little bit of poison. So the, the question I'm really asking is, is there a compromise between candy and poison? What's the compromise? When you know something is poisonous to society,
0: yeah.
1: it's hard to compromise on that. And, and that's yeah. what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of the policies that are being put in place are poisonous to society. And we disagree. And so we're gonna fight against that because there is no compromise. When you're, when you're adding poison to water, where's the compromise? Well, well, just a little bit of poison. It's okay, it's
0: just a little bit. We'll just, just put a little, a little bit. bit. Well, you know, that goes back to my initial premise that I talked about at the beginning of the show, though, is choice. Right. It's like, okay, I am totally okay with you making bad decisions in your own life. Just don't expect me to make the same decisions. Exactly. That's what it should come down to. Right. But what we're, com- what we're dealing with now, <clears throat> and I see this all the time, is these people that, that think this stuff is, is okay and they want to force you to do it too. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. It's not enough for them that just they are doing it. No, they gotta make you, you do, do it, it, too. And I don't even understand that mentality. Do you have any, any understanding of that mentality? I don't.
2: I, I don't, do you, hon? <laughs> no, well, I always laugh, always go, you know, the left always says they're so tolerant, only if you do what they only say. Only if
0: you do what they say, exactly. that's right. You know, one yeah. of these days I'm gonna have somebody that's a psychologist come on the show with me and I'm gonna ask them a question like that and, and hopefully maybe they will have an answer to this because I do not understand that mentality at all.
1: Why you want to force somebody else to do something that right. you're doing. Right, Why would you want to do that? Why? Why,
2: why do you care? Well, yeah, why I, do you care? And that's what America's about, is right. making your own decisions. Right. You and I made different decisions. Yeah. Now, I wish I hadn't made my decision. But yeah. <laughs> I, I,
1: I told her not to. He I said, don't get it. Don't <laughs> do it. I know. It. So, I did and did. and, uh, and we,
2: we had a long discussion we had a, about we,
1: it. We, we prayed on it, and we I did. said, you can do what you feel is necessary. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I made a decision, I looked at, I said, it's an experimental vaccine, and I think they're experimenting on us. And I just felt like I'm not gonna do it right now. Other people who wanna try it, fine, go for it. I'm all with you, all the way, but I'm not doing it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, the powers that be that are involved in this whole thing behind the scenes, Bill Gates and a lot of these other people, they they've been preaching for years that we need to have a lower population in in the That's world right and depopulation is something that they really strongly believe in right
2: What's that doctor's name that was uh, remember the uh, mayor of Chicago and he said never let a good thing go to oh never let a, good never crisis. Let a crisis yeah go What's away. his name and yeah. he had a bro- Ezekiel, Ezekiel uh, yeah. and his was all about if you're not productive in society it's time for you to move on, so move to speak, on. you know, you know, move on that. So you have the move you
0: know, on to where exactly? Well, I wonder. Well, to, to, the the, great beyond. It, yes, <laughs> to the great beyond. <laughs>
2: and, and that had you're, to do you're with, you're not productive. You're to not productive yeah. And that had to do with children that are not going to be productive. Yeah. Adults because they were born with some, I mean, those people should be, well, do you know where from... that
0: mentality was, was seen? Uh, favorite
2: Margaret Sanger?
0: Oh, well, besides her before then, that was, that was the mentality they had in Nazi Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. No, you're right. The, the doctors and nurses during Nazi Germany willingly euthanized people that were, that were disabled in some way, because, right. and they actually, because of the brainwashing and the conditioning that was going on there, the propaganda by the, the media of the time, they actually thought that they were doing something good. Good, right. They actually believed this. Because they were helping society. They were helping they were society. cleaning up society. That's right. 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 They were helping so, with, with the overall health of society. And, was, right.
1: and the gene pool and the whole nine yards.
0: Right, right. they believed this. And then
2: right. my, So my son, who was adopted, that i carry i mean you know that i raised and is doing well now and thinking let me tell you jobs mean so much to your productivity and how he feels about himself
0: it means that way to everybody yes it does and it does. And, and
2: i see it just in you know just in my son and but he would be one of those people that we would have probably gotten rid of mhm
0: yeah oh he wouldn't he would have made it he wouldn't no. have made it through Nazi it, no, germany no he would not have no that's scary
1: isn't it it is scary mm-hmm. And because you never know is, what the, you never know what the potential is of any individual human being, no. and you never know what they're going to bring to the table. God brought them to this earth for well, a reason. Everyone uh, has a mission here. Yeah. we just some of us have a hard time figuring out right. what it is, but well, we all have a mission. Here.
0: I think some people are put on this earth just to uh, test the tolerance of other people. Well, let me tell you, I've met you, some people like that.
2: That's that is true, and let me tell you, my <laughs> son has taught me just uh, unbelievable things. Unbelievable things because yeah. I looked at the world through a different prism. And so I just, I give thanks to Kevin, you know, all the time. I'm so thankful for him.
0: That's awesome. It is yeah. awesome, it yeah. is awesome. There used to be no hope for people that were bipolar. No, I know. I mean, there there was, um, well, they just called them crazy. Right. Right because there was no, no way to help them. That's right and, and, and now there are there are drugs there are treatments that can make yeah. these people be able to, to live a normal life.
2: That's right and um, but you also as a mother you have to you have to know what drug is good for your son some were not mm-hmm. and it's time consuming it's emotional, it's expensive so anybody out there that has this problem, I get it it mm-hmm. is it is extremely extremely hard road to go down, but yeah. we can do it.
0: Yeah, we yeah. can, yeah. we can. Yeah. So. I'm glad I'm not bipolar. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've dealt with some bipolar people in recent, the recent past, and that are not, they haven't accepted the fact that they're bipolar. Mm. Th-
2: that's a real problem. Yeah. yeah, when
0: you have to accept you have a problem before you can do yeah, anything sure. about it. Yeah, um, And they are, impossible to deal with really it's tough
1: no i, I understand that Be, and and it's it's a mental issue it's a probably a, a chemical issue uh and and there's probably lots of things that are going on i never understood depression when i was mm-hmm. you know i people who are depressed and i never quite figured that out before when i was at purdue um what
2: i was had, at stanford when no, you? no 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 oh, i was, was at it purdue okay. when i was
1: at purdue i i got uh um uh what's that ulcer, a, oh, an ulcer. i had an ulcer and, and so uh, they started giving me something called Tagamet at the time. You've probably heard of that. Mm, yeah. It's over the counter mm-hmm. drug now, but they gave me Tagamet. And so I started taking it, and it really helps with the ulcer. I mean, you know, you know the pain and everything went away. And, but about two weeks later, I started feeling depressed. And I, I'm not a depressed person at all, never had that feeling before. Yeah. And it was almost like this gray cloud was following me around. And I started, um, I said, well, you know, I can't. Couldn't shake it. I go, what's going on? And so I finally looked at one of the side effects of tagament was it says, could cause depression. And I went, Oh my God. Because I've never felt it. And and I couldn't shake it. Right. And it was something that I thought, this is what depressed people feel like.
0: Yeah. And then I understood. It's an awful feeling. It is. An I awful deal feeling. with it myself. Realize. So I know what it is. And I had
1: never had it before. Yeah. And now and and because I and I said, so I went to the doctors, so I gotta get off of this stuff immediately. Mm. Yeah. And I said and of course, once I got off of it, it that yeah, Your attitude
2: was just snap out of it. Yeah,
1: because I used to think for people who were depressed, I said, just snap out of I it. Mean, what are you depressed about? You got right. a good life, da da, right, da. That's right. what I used to think, right? And,
0: and that's not what it is at all. No, it's it, not. It's one of these things where you, you just feel this sense of hopelessness. Yes. Um, you don't even think straight. It's like things that normally wouldn't bother you, Bother you and you don't understand why. Yeah, and I didn't. And, it, and I didn't terrible. appreciate
1: that. Never having that feeling before, but yeah. once I experienced it, I thought, now I understand. It's not something they can. It's not something you can just get out of, right? No. You can just snap out of it's it. It's not. Right? And so, um,
0: you can you can learn to cope with it to a certain extent, right. but uh, only to a certain extent. If it's if you've got a real serious problem with clinical depression, it's gonna be with you. Maybe the rest of your life? Maybe, yeah.
1: But
0: but I'm assuming that there are better drugs now that help with it. Yeah, there are some good things out there. Okay,
1: okay. So, but I do realize now it's a chemical issue because Mm -hmm. it was for me, it was was one drug that I took that gave it to me and I thought, okay, I now know what it is. And I said, and and you can't snap out of it. No. And so it is a chemical thing. And so I, I recognize that. So it gives me an appreciation of other mental illnesses that people may have. Um, you know, not understanding it before, but now I get it. That mm-hmm. these things need to be dealt with in a in a, in a in a in a in a way that respects the individual and allows them to uh, find help because it is uh, something that it's not it's not of their own. Uh, um, it doesn't happen because they you know they were willingly willing to be depressed. <laughs> right. So, anyway, it was a, it was an education for me, uh, and I'm glad I got off of that particular drug. But now, because of that, I don't take drugs at all anything. I mean, ask my wife. She's she's the pharmaceutical <laughs> person in the family. I mean, she's got every pill you can think of. And, and
0: You're the pharmaceutical <laughs> person. I am the pharmaceutical person. And, and I
1: have, and I take nothing for anything because it seems like whatever it is, I there's a side effect. A so side I, effect, so yeah. I just don't take anything. I, I try to stay healthy. And, and if I'm sick, uh, the most I'll take is a Tylenol or an aspirin. That's about it. Yeah. So. Well, good. That is good. <laughs>
0: that is good. Yeah. Good for you. So, I was. Have you guys seen that thing going around about how there is suspicion that Justin Trudeau is actually Castro's illegitimate son? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't pay attention. I'm too busy campaigning. But I've, I haven't. I think okay. I've
1: heard something about that okay. somewhere.
0: Hold on. Is that, at, I want you to see this. I have this on my screen okay. on my computer. Look at this. Tell me if you don't see the resemblance. Oh God. <laughs> Wow. Are we talking dead on? Yeah, it could be. Dead on. <laughs> it could
1: be. It's yes. illegitimate. It's illegitimate son. Huh? Yes. <laughs>
2: it, yes. Speaking of Trudeau, have you ever noticed that weak men can be powerful and destroy, which is exactly what he has done? Oh, yeah. And he's
0: a weak man. Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's to me. He's a tyrant. I, it's yeah. over, overcomplicated. Apparently he takes yeah. after his daddy. Yeah, apparently. It would appear. Because, because <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at this picture. I mean, the nose so is, is identical. Any- the lips are identical. The eyes are, I mean, it, it, it looks exactly, he looks exactly like Castro when Castro was younger.
1: So is there any relationship back there? Is there any relationship either with uh, His
0: mother uh, was in the area during the time that she got pregnant.
1: In, in, in Cuba? Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Okay, I, they're, they're, I'm not going to comment one way or another because I have no idea. This is yeah. all news to me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: what's the word y'all use? You can never, you can't deny or confirm. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah, official. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. But the pictures
1: do seem to suggest something, right? I,
0: it does. I mean, you you looked at it yourself and you thought the same thing I did. <laughs> That's weird.
1: So this is going around right now. as, as a as a potential. Uh,
0: yeah, and yeah, let me read a little bit from this, this article I saw here. It is a fact the Trudeaus were in the Caribbean in spring 1971. It is a fact they adored Castro. It is a fact the Trudeaus were swingers. Wow. Wow, that's so, just almost too much information. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Margaret Trudeau. Pierre Trudeau and Fidel Castro were all notoriously sexually promiscuous. Margaret Trudeau was a partier who unquestionably had sex with men while married to Pierre. (laughs) Nobody knows if Pierre objected. So, I don't know. Don't
2: even think about it, aunt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... So the possibility is there. I mean, they were in the same proximity and, and they, they were big fans of Fidel Castro.
1: Well, there you go. Well, yeah, it's an easy, they can do a drug test. It'd be pretty easy to- I know. Or, you know, not a drug test, blood test. A DNA, DNA test? Yeah, a DNA, DNA test. DNA test, yeah. they, could. they could. They could do, I mean, you could do his ancestry real quick and you could find out. Well, so.
0: if, if they wanted to dispel this rumor, they, would, they could do that, but exactly. they haven't done that. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know, an interesting thing too. We were talking about the VCI. They are also connected with these companies that were tw- are Twenty Three and Me and Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. Doc- they're utilizing all of these oh, databases.
1: Oh no, that's scary. Yeah,
0: I, I've, I'm in that one.
1: I'm in the you history. Yeah, the, so
0: Ancestry. You, the Ancestry. So dot dot part dot of dot this right. VCI your, will be your DNI, DNA, DNA, DNA map or whatever they call it. I'm not sure what they call it.
1: Yeah. It's already out there. So, but now they're gonna control it. That's the issue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have you done your DNA? No,
0: you I have not. And I, I don't think I ever will at this
1: point. <laughs> um, I did because we can only trace our, our family history down to Virginia. And then after that it stops because obviously they didn't track, uh, um, you know, obviously we were brought over as slaves from, yeah. Uh, from Africa. Yeah. And so when we did mine, I uh, found out that it was um, um, Western Africa and, and Ivory Coast, the Ivory and,
2: Coast, yeah, and, and which is where the slave trade, what was
1: going on, right? And so we could trace it back there. But then I found out that I'm like, um, I have like five percent Irish and twenty percent uh, English, uh, British Isles, British Isles, and then uh, and then the rest is like uh, Ivory Coast on Nigeria
2: and Uganda. And that, and that, it, was, and so it was so it was pretty interesting, especially yeah. that is sent, interesting because yeah. especially since it did. I go, I go. It only went to Virginia. And I go, Aunt, don't you find that fascinating? No, not really. Mm. No.
1: I, I, uh, we were, I, I always tell her, I said, yeah, we're probably some king or queen walking around the beach on the Ivory Coast. And then somebody <laughs> said, hey, you want to get on the boat ride to America? <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. And, yeah, okay, well, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. What's over there?
2: <laughs> but you, know, you have to remember the name Thornton is it's a an English, English name. name, which is exactly, Thornton. uh-huh. Yeah.
0: You're the only Thornton I've ever known. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's a pretty much a solid English name. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah.
2: Interesting. And so that's where That's where he got it.
1: Wow. So, <laughs> so, so bald, we, probably some slave master walked into the back room somewhere. <laughs> Could back be. In the day and uh, so that's what happened. Well, but yeah, we did trace it because we could. We can go back about six generations right. and, and then it stops in, in Virginia. And that's as far as we can go. So everything else we had to do ancestry to figure out.
0: See, I've never done, I've never done that. I've been curious, but I've never done that DNA test. And now I don't think I ever so will. So do,
1: do, are you, do you know where your parents came from?
0: Um, well, they're European, okay. I know that. Right. And I think if I recall, I think they said that we have ancestry in Germany and. Mm, so my wife is all German. Yeah, I'm pretty
2: pretty German.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of that area of Europe.
2: Yeah. That's all I know. Right.
0: Okay. So I, I, don't wanted,
2: know. I, I wanted to find out something interesting, like, you know, like I, some exotic place that I was from.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm no, not, no,
2: not. no, at all. No. You're just yeah. very,
0: you're just very ordinary. Yep, <laughs> very ordinary,
1: just, uh, yeah. Yep. yeah, just. She was hoping, she was hoping I was, for I wanted some to royalty have, <laughs> from Denmark or
2: something. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to have some Italian or something, you know, a little Latin in me, and no, n- got nothing.
0: <laughs> so, so, Aunt, what do you think about the convoy that's uh, now in DC?
1: I think it's great. I, I saw uh, a, a clip of, uh, I guess some of the truckers met with, uh, Ted Cruz uh, up in D.C. and they sat down with them and they were just kind of talking about why they're doing this and, um, you know, basically they just want to be, you know, sort of like libertarian, just leave us alone and let us do our job. right And that, that's really what this is all about. It's about getting back to, you know, our individual freedoms again. And so uh, fully support what they're trying to do and the message they're trying to get. And, and if they really wanted to do damage to this country, they could because it was yeah. the truckers that saved us during COVID. They were, oh, the, totally. ones, they were the ones moving um, materials around the country. They were the ones that, uh, you know, getting product in the door, helping with the medicines, moving those around. They were the heroes that kept this country up and going. And so the truckers, we need to send a really strong appreciation to what they bring to the table. And now to turn around and now make the heroes uh, and make them out to be the bad guy, because they don't want to take a a, a mandated vaccine, uh, is ridiculous. They're and,
0: leaders of a movement. I love them. Yeah,
1: exactly. They you really see, are. So this is, uh, you know, and and you know, people are waking up again. I believe the, um, they've got a good message, and people are following it. So did
0: did you hear the thing where Petro gas stations were saying that they weren't going to serve? Any of the I heard the that I, I just yeah and just saw a headline, but I didn't read yeah. the articles. So. and so what happened was it went viral all over the internet, and Petro decided to back down. Really, on that, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it should. And then the state of Illinois. Oh, I saw that too. Yeah. I saw they were headline. saying, "Oh, well, you're not going to be allowed to come through come the through state Illinois of Illinois." That, exactly. <laughs> Jake I and hate El- Illinois Nazis. That's right, Jake and Elwood Blues. Remember that? Oh. Oh no! Is that uh, Illinois from the Nazis. Oh, sorry. Uh, Illinois Nazis? That's right. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> that's perfect. It is. Yeah. And they so are. <laughs> that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Is all the Blues time. Brothers. Yeah. It's the best. Oh my God. You've seen the Blues <laughs> yes, Brothers, yes, right? Yes. Oh my God. Every time I watch that, <laughs> I just crazy. die laughing. It's, it's, fun. it's so funny. It is. It but is. I love the scene on the bridge where they get to the bridge and the pe- and and you've got the Nazis on the bridge <laughs> blocking the bridge and all the people are protesting and they're yelling and they got their signs and stuff like that, and and these guys these Nazis are up there on the bridge and then they've got their megaphone going and then. Jake and Elwood, they're sitting in their car, and a cop comes by, and they say, hey, what's going on? And uh, he, they said, oh, it's the Nazi party. And, and that's when they say, oh, I hate I Illinois, Illinois Nazis. <laughs> I just had to throw that one in there. So, hey, we're at the 30-minute uh, mark. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to do a Q&A section with uh, Anne Thornton. <laughs> Traveling in a fire
1: that comes in On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me
0: breakfast And she said, Do you come from a land down under? Where women
1: go and can't you go
0: Okay, everybody. Hey, we're back with Freedom Speak. This is Becca Marie, and uh, you are listening to KDAZ, Albuquerque's conservative talk, ninety-six point nine FM, seven hundred AM, and listen from anywhere at conservative talk I'm sitting here with Ant Thornton and his wife Glenna. And uh, in this last 30 minutes of the show, we're gonna, I've I've got a list of questions here and I'm gonna ask uh, Ant uh, some question about his uh, run for Lieutenant Governor. And uh, we're just gonna see where it goes. You know, and, and that way you guys can get to know Ant better, hopefully. Having him on my show for the three hours as my guest host has helped you get to know him better than you would have gotten to know him by just listening to him do a campaign speech or, or whatever, or just your typical interview that you might have heard somewhere else. So, Aunt, so let me ask the first question. Okay. What, what makes you think you're qualified to be lieutenant governor?
1: Well, that's a very good question that yeah. no, no one has ever asked before. I said, uh, so why am I qualified? First of all, I, the first thing I did was I want, what does the Lieutenant Governor do? And, and that's the first question one has to ask before they figure out whether or not they wanna run for that particular position. So the key roles are actually two major roles that the Lieutenant Governor does. Number one, serves as the President of the Senate. And, um, and as the President of the Senate, you basically are there to uh, not only just do Roberts Rules as they're doing the bills, but also you can serve as the tie vote breaker. Uh, and but if you really work the, the right, it position, makes you president of the Senate, you yeah. of the Senate. Right, right. but uh, the real work is as they're building legislation and working in the subcommittees. Last year I served in the 60-day session as the as an analyst for the Senate side of the House of the of the. Uh, the senate and one of the things that i did was uh i've actually got to analyze bills as they were coming through and, and it would summarize that information for the legislature so they could wouldn't have to read the entire bill. Like it said, here are the key points, da, 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 da. So I learned how to do that. So I also saw how they make the sausage and I saw how the subcommittees work and how decisions are made there.
0: So, I love sausage, by the way. No, I do too, but sometimes you don't wanna
1: see <laughs> what's Apparently actually Apparently you
0: don't wanna see it being made. You, you don't I've never see seen what's it being made.
1: It. And so, so that's the key role there. But I think uh, because I understand that process now, I can help to, mitigate bad legislation from ever reaching the floor because you can work with the subcommittees and say, if, if I'm in as a lieutenant governor, it means we're going to have a Republican governor. And so I can easily go to these committees and say, if you keep that language in there, that's going to be vetoed. So you guys are wasting your time. You need to change that bill and change the wording in that bill, or it's not, or it's not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that could help, uh, uh, the legislature instead of wasting time to actually put in good bills. Secondly, the, the, another key role, which is, uh, um, uh, a constitutional role for the Lieutenant Governor is to serve as the ombuds. The ombuds is the liaison between the state agencies and the public. So if you have an issue with a particular state agency, YFD or Department of Transportation, and, and they're not getting any resolution, contact the Lieutenant Governor's office and they can help you work through those issues. And why am I qualified to do that? As a, I am the only candidate who was running out of the five that were in the race, who's actually a certified member of the International Ombuds Association. I've been that since 2016 after I retired from Sandia National Labs. Um, I worked for a company called University Space Research Association. The CEO asked me to become the ombuds for the company as well, where I basically have been trained in alternative dispute resolution. I'm the only candidate that has that official training. I'm still a member of that organization. And so that's a role that I can play and have been trained to do. Um, the other things that I bring to the table is as lieutenant governor, you basically take on the initiatives from the governor, uh, the governor can assign you things. I'm the only one with executive experience. I'm an actually uh, a program manager. I've managed multimillion dollar programs for not only Sandy Lads, but also for Lockheed Martin. These are major projects that are building aircraft or rocket systems or major test programs for the nuclear weapons industry. Um, and they take a long time to prepare. You have to pull lots of people together it's basically organizing cats and, mm-hmm. and and if you're a program manager you know how to do that and so I've had that experience and so I could be the go-to person for the governor when they have an initiative they want done just hand it off to Ant let him run the show mm-hmm. and then the last thing I bring because of my technical background is uh, um, I, I understand the language of the laboratories there Sandia Los Alamos White Sands Missile Range and Air Force Research Lab there's a lot of technology embedded in these labs we have some of the brightest people in the country here uh, working in this in the state. I want to have, take an opportunity to sort of transition some of those technologies that are here and bring some of those scientists and engineers out uh, and, and create high-tech businesses here in New Mexico. And so I can help work with that To That's one of the things I think I can bring to the table that none of the other candidates have because they don't have that background, they don't speak their language. And mm-hmm. so I said, someone said, I, you speak geek speak. So you can, uh, speak, yeah. yeah, so I can go in there and mm-hmm. add, find out what they're doing and then, try to incentivize some of them to come out. And one of the ways we can do that is there's a severance fund that's already available in the state. And if we could get the legislature to partition, maybe a small amount, $10 million or so, we could actually incentivize some folks to come out with those technologies, and then give them the support they need with the business savvy because they're, they're technical, but they're not business people. And right. So to help them create these uh, these small businesses and to bring this technology out and create like our own little Silicon Valley, if you will, in New Mexico. So those are the kind of things that I would like to see happening for the state of New Mexico. That's what I bring to the table. So two things are my skill set, and the other two are actual. Uh, things that uh, your job, the job of a lieutenant governor does, and, and that's why I think I'm gonna be the best candidate for a lieutenant governor, I can do both.
0: Cool, good answer. Okay. okay. Liked it. So, one question I've been asking everybody, it's like, as lieutenant governor, how would you be really transparent to the people about uh, what you're doing, what you're up to? And it's like the problem we have right now with our current, if you wanna call it leadership in this, in this state, is that these people are just operating uh, behind behind our backs? They don't tell us anything they're doing. They literally sneak things in in the dead of night. Right. And they're they're not working in our best interests. We know that. So how would you keep the people in the loop? How would you be accessible to people? to be able to talk to you about things that are on their mind?
1: Well, as I said, first of all, that's the ombuds, uh, mm-hmm. call me directly. Yeah, mm-hmm. If you have an issue, call me directly. But I think on, on the other side of senses, is it's important that people understand what's going on. And just as in this campaign, what we're finding out is if you go out and talk to people, so we move around the state, you know, and, and communicate with the folks. Uh, we were just up in Farmington this past week, and I met with the, uh, uh, the sheriff, county sheriff up there. Mm -hmm. And it was a great conversation. And he basically told me that one of the things that, uh, they do in Santa Fe, he says, they never, ever ask law enforcement what they need. They just go up there and they make decisions that if they just spoke for a few minutes with the law enforcement, they would, they would make the right decisions. And he said, so I would make, I would advocate for bringing in the right people, uh, when you're gonna be doing legislation that could affect them. The people that are gonna be most affected are the ones that need to know uh, and can give you the best ideas on how to how to improve their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I would do that for all the things that initiatives that I'd be assigned to, to do. In fact, that's probably one of my best uh, activities is, is I have no problem bringing uh, groups together who might even disagree, but bringing them all to the table and then having a discussion about what is the best solution going forward given these different views and perspectives because that's where the best ideas come out. That's what true diversity is about. It's mm-hmm. not about color or age or any of that kind of stuff. Diversity is about diversity of thought and right. bringing in the, totally and bring in the best ideas. And bringing in the best ideas, listening to all sides. And then out of that comes the best ideas that you can go forward with. And so uh, those are the things I would do as a Lieutenant Governor. I always ask myself, where's Howie Morales? I you know he is our current lieutenant governor. I've never seen him.
0: No, and so, I don't even know what, I didn't even know what his name was. I right. just said it. See, never, I have go. no idea what he looks like. There you go. You'll know who I am. He's, he's non-existent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's and never I, showed I, up anywhere.
1: I, I think one of the things it's, it's, the lieutenant governor position is an underutilized position. And I, one of the things I hope to yeah. do is to make sure that I can be, if they, if they use me correctly, whoever the governor uh, candidate that wins, they use me correctly, you will, you will know who I am, because I will be out there doing things that are gonna improve this, the, the lives of New Mexicans. Yeah, here.
0: you know, if I was the governor, I would consider my lieutenant governor as like my right-hand man. Thank you, exactly. You know? It's if, like, if, hey, I you you know, got this happen. thing I wanna get done. Uh, let me delegate this exactly. to you. I want and, you to run with this. Exactly, now I won't be a Kamala
1: Harris, because apparently when you give her oh things, she doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. You, you, know, like, you give her the ball and then she doesn't know She's how to dribble it or bag. fumble it or what to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh. But she's had no, no real executive experience either, so she has no idea how to get things done.
0: Yeah. All right, good. So, let's see, I had on my quest- list of questions here, what would you like to get done? Is there anything that you didn't talk about that you'd like to get done? Oh, well,
1: There's a, lots of things I'd like to get done. I, I, I think I used the three E's, uh, just to make it easy. Uh, first, education, second, enforce the border, and then election integrity. If I had my druthers, these are the kind of things I'd like to work on over the course of my uh, term as lieutenant governor. So education, obviously, is a big deal mm-hmm. um, because we're 51st. We've got nowhere to go but up, and so I'd like to I'd like to help get to the voucher system where the money goes with the child. And totally the agree. Universal school choice kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, on enforcing the border, uh, first we should get our national guard back. Back down there to support, uh, you know, ICE and and the custom Border Patrol, and help those
0: folks. And now, let me ask you on that on that topic. I've heard people, uh, somebody I can't remember who it was, mentioned this to me the other day, but. Uh, National Guard, okay, that's a great idea, but how do we pay for that?
1: Yeah, it would have to come out of the state budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, it would, uh, because the federal government's not doing their job. No, they're not. So they're not gonna pay for it, and so right. we would have to do it, and we'd have to make some priorities. But I think uh, border control is, is a priority. This is our state, it's our home. I don't allow people just to walk into my home. Mm-hmm. And if I have to have security to make sure you don't walk into my home, I'll do that. Yeah. And so that would be a priority. We'd have to. Uh, do. So I have no problems with that. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be paid for through. We'd have to take out something from somewhere else. Right. Um, but we've got to we've got to have our own home in order first before we can even start to think about how we're going to uh, improve it. <laughs> right. And so that's I'm very very solid about that. And and again because I believe the human trafficking, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, all those other things that are happening at the border as a result of these people coming in is something we've got to get controlled as well. And, and, and a lot of our crime is probably related to that as well. So right. so the border control is a big deal for me. Okay. And then the last one is election integrity. And this is where I wanna bring some thought process around. We, we talked earlier about blockchain technology. Right. Yeah. One of the things I'm interested in is blockchain voting and uh and and so the concept is rather than having a central site where the voting tally's going to and we don't know how they're getting manipulated what we have is a distributed ledger of hundreds of computers during a vote coming in all the precincts have their own and then uh and then what you do is you have a basic a ballot that has a unique signature on it and you have a voter uh, assigned id number and so when you vote the ledger which is distributed they look at that and they say, has this ballot ever been used before? Nope, it's a good ballot. Has this person ever voted for? Nope, they're a good voter. Therefore, that gets added to the chain and that and then distributed to all the ledgers. And the beauty of having a distributed ledger technology for voting is you can then go back and query the system with your QR code, which is unique to you, and then you can, it will tell you exactly how you voted. So you will have that, that information available to to basically confirm your vote and your transactions. And so if we can go to blockchain voting, uh, I'd like to do that. And I'd like to get the legislature to pass a bill to do prototyping in a small town, you know, Clovis, Pick a pick a town where we could try it at a mayor Beta race. test it, baby test it first, uh, prototype uh, it.
0: Unlike unlike the way we did on the latest convention the Republicans had, in which we didn't beta test right. the uh, exactly. voting yeah, there, all, and that just completely work out part.
1: all the kinks. Yeah, and and, and, then, and then once you've kind of done that, you can expand it from like a city race to need to the district level, eventually do a state level. And personally, I believe that blockchain voting is essentially going to be how we're going to be doing federal elections at some point in the future. It will. Be the way we do because I've pe- got
2: a question. So right now, everything just goes to one ledger, one, one central, central
1: site, and that's where the that's manipulation. That's where it's manipulated. Is that right? That's where we think it's manipulated. We've been right. unable to prove that because we're not sure how the votes are tallied.
2: So if it goes to distributed Did, ledgers, all then these
1: computers have to confirm that that's a valid vote, and then they bring it on. And then they, once they confirm it, that's kind of how the cryptocurrency technology works. You don't right. need a central location to make things happen. Uh, the, the technology is such that the computers confirm that it's a valid vote, and then they add it to the chain, and that ledger gets distributed to all of them. So you can't manipulate it. It makes it easy for people to vote because now you can vote from home, you can vote from your phone, you can vote from your computer, or you can go to the ballot like you normally do, and get printed out your unique, unique ballot, and then go vote.
0: So
2: you're saying embrace technology yes, instead, instead of, of being afraid of it. Exactly. Okay. You
0: know the only the only problem I can see with that is that people have developed a mistrust for technology i know i know and, and it's, a, that's why a, it's everything gotta, that has happened over the past several years people have gotten to where they don't trust technology and the problem is a lot of people especially older people uh, you and i don't fall into that category <laughs> because we're both engineers <laughs> right right you know so we keep up to date on stuff sure and it's like so all of this stuff that a lot of people that aren't engineers where they don't keep keep up to date on things. It's like they just fall behind and they're still kind of living this in the is, 70s. This is the beauty
1: of it though, because if you're used to just going down to the poll and voting, you can mm-hmm. still do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that that balance, is gonna have a little unique, little QR code on it or something. That's, that's gonna be different. the challenge though, I'm just right. telling
0: you, that's gonna be the challenge.
1: Understood, Yeah. understood.
0: <laughs> so anyway. Um,
1: so those are the things, that, those are the three things, uh, like I said, enforcing the, enforcing the border, election integrity and education are kind of the, key areas, if if I had my druthers, uh, again, who knows, once we get in, the priorities may change based on the governor's own personal uh, yeah. boundaries and th- yeah. things that they wanna get done. But I would work with them to make sure that I could get some of these in. in By the way, I'm gonna well. have
0: Audrey Trujillo on with me. Uh, Secretary's Day. This date. coming week. There We're gonna do go. a one-hour special during the week and okay. I'm gonna be interviewing Audrey, so.
1: Yeah, I haven't had that conversation with Audrey about uh, yeah. election
0: integrity yeah. and
1: stuff, but once she gets in, we, we will definitely have that conversation. Yeah, for sure.
0: So uh, what could you do to clean up crime if you were Lieutenant Governor, that like crime is a big deal. And like we talked about earlier, Biden don't seem to be concerned about crime.
1: Yeah, and, and, and uh, so, so like I said, I just met with the, the sheriff of, of San Juan County and I'm planning on going down to Roswell and, and meeting with the sheriff down there, hopefully next week. Um, so one of the things that, uh, you know, that's still a local issue, you know, it's a local community and so, um, you have to ask yourself, can we support them with their budgets? Most of their budgets that, that the county sheriffs have right now is, is through their own gross receipts tax. They get a piece of that and that's, that's how their budgets are currently funded. Um, but like up in San Juan County, he told me just recently that they still have 17 openings. They're having a hard time finding people to come in to take on the deputy positions. Um, and, and it's not necessarily the pay, although the pay is pretty good, $24 an hour or something like that, he said. Uh, but when you think about it, are you, with all of the uh, rules and regulations they're putting on and the lack of qualified immunity and things of that sort, are you gonna put your wife on the line for like $48,000, $50,000 a year? And that's the problem. So he's got openings for people who want to become deputies and they have a good training uh, to put them through but there's, you know, they're still open. And so the first thing is to do is we got to find people who are willing to fill those positions in order to get control. Uh, you got to have the officers in place to start going after the attack. The other thing is bail reform is a big issue. Uh, we have a revolving door. Most of the people who are doing um, criminality are repeat offenders. And, and our system currently is allowing them to, to basically get away with things or, or walk free or get, you know, with no bail. Mm-hmm. And so they're back on the street doing it again. I mean, we hear about people and, and and car accidents and drunk drivers who have been repeat offenders, and eventually they kill somebody because they're allowed to. You know, there's no three strikes and you're out kind of thing in the state. We need to change that. We need to have uh, judicial uh, bail reform going on so that if we got rid of just the repeat offenders, our crime rates would probably go down tremendously. It's the repeat offenders that are yeah. causing most of the problems, yeah. so. There, I don't. think There's a silver bullet. I can't say there's one thing that we can do that would change the crime in this. You know, um, the lack of education. Again, people. You know, get out and and they don't. They don't have an opportunity for jobs. There's no jobs here. Uh, so what do they do? They go to crime. And uh, and and. Mm-hmm. That, those are the kinds of things it's it's a, it's a holistic approach. There's more than it's, uh, like I said, there's no silver bullet to to fix all these problems at once.
0: You know, this problem you're talking about with the qualified immunity with the police, I think that what is needed, especially, what was that uh, police officer's name where she got in trouble for drawing her gun instead of her taser, I can't remember. Right, right. 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 So I think one thing that is probably lacking right now with the police is a lack of training and a lack of ongoing training Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of these problems could be solved basically you know they receive the training and the police officer is told that if you follow the procedures we have taught you in your training you'll be okay and you don't deviate beyond these you will be absolved of any guilt of any anything that may happen so if you follow all the procedures and and at the end of, you've done everything you can do, and ultimately you end up drawing your weapon and killing a suspect, you are absolved of responsibility for that because you did follow your training, you did what I, you were supposed to do. And I, and I think this training, it has to be thorough and it has to be ongoing.
1: I agree, but, and it, but there there's also always gonna be a circumstance that they haven't trained for. Right. Because there's gonna be an incident. And so now the question is, would a reasonable person have done the same thing in that particular mm-hmm. situation, and and I think that's where the qualified immunity becomes. If it's a first-time event where there's never been any training on that, because you know who would have expected right. something like well, that? Right. It's like, well, I
0: didn't see that coming. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Then then that person uh, usually should be given qualified immunity because it's the first time and there's no training that could have pr- of of, of, of given them the training to expect that kind of a scenario. Yeah. And so. And I think the law still allows for that. Um, but once that precedent's been set, once someone has done something and reacted to something that what's in in quote the training, then um, that becomes the next precedent. And mm-hmm. so, so that's why you need this continuous training, as you said, because yeah. these things are going to always. Right.
0: I mean, like the police officer that drew her gun instead of her taser. It's like right. that should be like an automatic reflex. Right. Like, okay, oh, this happens. You just know where that is. You don't have to look for it. You know where it is. You know where to reach for it. Right. Um, and she obviously was not well practiced in that. She was calling, training. she was
1: yelling, taser, 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 but she yeah. put out her gun.
0: Right. And so. Yeah. Right.
1: So, yeah, so, yeah it's scary. Right. So. Uh-huh. I mean, being a police officer nowadays is. is uh, Think about it. These are people who really want to help the community. They're going in. I don't. I believe this. Sure, there are probably there are bad people in every profession, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think that's the majority of the folks. And I think this whole defunding the police uh, monitor that's been going on from the left is something that's crazy. Uh, we need to be we need to be more f- giving them more funding so that they can do more training, and uh, and hire more police officers so that the community can be safer. Um, that's what people really want. People want safe communities. And I don't believe police officers take that job to just uh, um, you know, basically to, to hurt the community that they serve. I don't yeah. believe that at all. Yeah. And, uh, but there are a few bad ones and those should be eliminated. Those should right. be, they should be an evaluation, a review and fired if they have found that they, you know, if they're repeat offenders within their own profession, get rid of them.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, uh, but I don't think that's the, I don't think that's, I think that's more an exception to the rule.
0: Yeah, I do too. So. so, the governor's done a darn good job of destroying business in this state. Yes, she has. And one comment I've made before is that I would imagine that anybody coming into the state with the idea that they want to start a business would be extremely fearful, knowing that at any time the governor could just shut them down and they could lose everything. So... Any ideas about how you would promote business in this state? Well, first of all, I'd eliminate the governor having those kind of
1: emergency powers. Yeah, I've asked that question. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna ask that question. Yeah, In the future, I said, get rid of those. Uh, The governor should not have that much power to close down businesses or churches or anything else. No. So uh, number one, but I think our whole tax system needs to be reformed here, grocery receipts tax. I know it helps the municipalities. uh, but it's so convoluted and so complicated that that makes things really, really tough. And it's a pyramid
0: scheme. Or, too. It's a pyramid
1: scheme. Yeah. It's, it's, and I can tell you why,
0: as a as a small business owner you that hires contractors, I can tell you how it's a pyramid scheme. Right. They
1: have a they have a GRT. Then you got to add their GRT on top of right, that. Right. Right. So it just goes. It gets on charged again. over and over right, and over right. again. Right. So that's so they're dipping into your pocket at every level of of, of the business. Right. And so that's a that's a big deal. Um, so I think the tax reform would be a, a, a good start. The other thing is you know, there's probably a lot of regulations. Uh, I know, for instance, in oil, oil and gas, there are a lot of regulations and permitting that make it very difficult for folks to to explore uh, for 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 new uh, oil and gas mm-hmm. types of things. and And that's something that we'd also need to uh, to look at and review. In fact, I, I think I gave Trump a lot of credit because one of the things he did when he was in power is he basically said, you guys will not create new regulations. In fact, for every regulation you create, you need to get rid of two.
0: Right, I love that. And I thought
1: that was perfect. Yeah. It forced them to go through and say, do these regulations make sense? What is it really accomplishing? Are they, you know, unless they're health or safety related, there should be no other regulations. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. And so, and and every regulation should be looked at from that perspective only. If it's a health or safety issue, understand. If it's not, get rid of it. And, and that should be for all businesses. And that would help, uh, make innovation and, and, and business come, come here, they flourish. Uh, I mean, we have competition, we have Texas, we have Arizona, we have Colorado, uh, and we have to compete with those states, and they're doing much better than we are, and why? Because their, their regulatory system is probably a lot better than ours, their tax system is much better than ours, and if we want to compete, we've got to we've compete in the free market. And that's, um, and so it's really just a simple thing of, of changing our policies that we have in place right now to, to attract businesses.
0: Okay.
1: Of course, it doesn't help with our education system being bound, it's kind of hard but when, you're, when you're 51st, it's kind of hard to say, bring your employees here so we can educate them so they'll come out 51st in the nation. Right, you yeah. Know, so that's they're, they're all connected. Uh, and so so there's other things we have to do and also to incentivize uh, those, those companies to come here.
0: Yeah. It's all about jobs. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, So, anything you want, just a a couple minutes, just to wrap, any things you want to... Well, no, Mention you, know, that and, you and haven't
1: already mentioned. I told, I told my wife when we came here. I said, I don't, I can't talk for three hours. <laughs> I said, I said, <laughs> I can't. I, can. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know what the heck we're going to talk about for three long hours. And I go, but it's been, it's been fun. I don't think I have anything more to add, unless you had any. Well, how about you?
2: Well, I, can I tell you a real
1: yeah, fast go, story about go him? For it.
2: Um, you know, Aunt wanted his mentor was. Uh, Neil Armstrong, right? Not my mentor. Oh, not your your idol. <laughs> <My> idol, idol. <laughs> yeah, idol. You only wish you could be your yeah. mentor, Yeah, right, I wish yeah I could. exactly. So, um, Aunt in 2015 won the Distinguished Alumni Award. Okay, which is really like only one percent from Purdue mm-hmm. wins that, which was really cool. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. So we go up there, and guess what? He's on the same wall as Neil Armstrong. He, Neil Armstrong. Oh my gosh. Okay, that made his day. And I patted him and said, "Okay, good job, honey." But the best part about that uh, that night that evening, we, he went to a mixer, uh, like a meet and greet for minority engineering students, uh-huh. and um, just talked about his time and how important it is that if you get into Purdue, you are one of the best in the nation." Mm-hmm. And he talked to he talked to them for a while. This young lady afterwards came up to him and said. Can I talk to you? And she was quitting. Her mom was picking her up the next day to go home because she didn't think she could, she wasn't deserving to be there. Right. She stayed. She graduated. She called aunt when she graduated. And I said, you know what? You're on the wall with Neil Armstrong, but you know what the best part about that day was? That young girl changed her life. Yeah. And it was awesome. And it was all because, and it it was one of those God things. You just, we... We kind of just walked into it, mm-hmm. happenstance, and it was just. Um, it Well, was she awesome. she called
1: me to the side because it was. I spoke to the entire crowd, and then she came up to me afterwards. And and this young lady said, "Can I talk to you?" And she starts crying. And she said, "I've I've called my mom, and I just don't think I can stay here. This school is really too tough and really hard." And and I thought, um, I said. I said, listen. They brought you here for a reason. You can do this. And I said, and I said, when you graduate from Purdue, the doors will open for you. You'll be surprised how many places you can go because you've got this degree from Purdue University. And I guess she decided to stay. And I didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I heard from her like three or four years later, and she had graduated. She's working for an uh, an architectural firm in in, um, Chicago, and. And so it was. Uh, it was a big yeah, deal. Yeah,
2: that's a life-changing thing, and yeah. that's what I like about
0: it. Well, Aunt Glenna, that's yes. a, just about a wrap. All right. So, anyway, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I think it's been awesome. Thank it's been we a you. had a lot fun. Of fun.
2: We had a lot of fun.
0: And so I want to say I've got um, I've got three advertisers that have jumped on board to oh. promote to uh, sponsor my show. Good for you. Already, and I got more on the way. And so I want to say that if you've got a freedom-friendly business out there. This is the place to advertise. Come here. Advertise on this station. Support this show and many others like it. Want to send me comments or suggestions? Email me at nm at gmail.com. Check out my new website, freedomspeakwithbeccamarie.com where you can listen to replays of this show, have access to useful resources, follow, like, share, far and wide. I'm being censored. You can also check out my posts on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, SoundCloud, Telegram. Freedom is essential, liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up, tell the Marxists and those helping push their agenda, hell no, we won't comply, we are the resistance.